to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Ah, This is surely one of the most elegant accounts that Luke has left us. It's a beautiful and a moving story, a story basically of a journey, the joyless journey of some dispirited believers and the stranger they encounter who transforms that journey There have been numerous artistic renderings of this event on the road to Emmaus, and some of them maybe spring to your mind, your memory, famous paintings by masters. Most of them, if not all, portray Jesus walking and talking with two men, one of whom is named Cleopas and the other is not named. two points I'd like to drop into your lap this morning. The first being that nobody today quite knows where this town of Emmaus is or was. There have been speculations, some archaeological diggings and whatnot, but nothing definitive. So that location is now lost to history. The other point is this, which might or might not have occurred to you. Nowhere in this gospel reading that you just heard does it tell the gender of those two people in Jesus' company? Of course, the assumption is that it was two men, but it could very well have been a man and a woman, likely husband and wife, just like some of you here this morning. And I suppose it's even possible that it was two women. I really can't say from my own experience whether Cleopas is a man's or a woman's name. Anybody here know of a Cleopas? See, you're as much in the dark about it as I am. But my thought is that everyone here this morning beyond a certain age can readily identify with these two travelers, male or female. Where are you going today? And would you welcome Jesus' company if he were suddenly there with you? I think that's probably a pretty fair question for any of us. But let us return a bit to the gospel. Because it's so rich in layers of meaning this morning, I'd really like to retell this story of Luke in three different versions. One, a sort of a fairy tale version. The second, more of an adult version, and finally, a poetic version. The first, the fairy tale, if you will. Once upon a time, some grandparents were in a little gift shop looking for something to give their granddaughter on her birthday. Suddenly, the grandmother sees a precious teacup. Look at this lovely teacup, Harry, she says to her husband. It's just the thing. 
So Grandad picks it up, looks at it, and says, I think you're right. It's one of the nicest teacups I've ever seen. Let's get it for her. At this point, the teacup startled the grandparents by opening its mouth and saying, Well, thank you for the compliment. But you know, I wasn't always this beautiful. The grandparents, understandably pretty surprised, said, What do you mean you weren't always this beautiful? It's true, said the teacup. Once I was just an ugly lump of clay. But one day a man with dirty and wet hands threw me on a wheel and started turning me around and around till I got so dizzy that I cried. Stop! Stop! But the man with the wet hands said, Not yet. Then he started to poke me and punch me until I hurt all over. Stop! Stop! I cried. But he said, Not yet. Finally he did stop, but then he did something even worse. He put me in a furnace, and I got hotter and hotter until I couldn't stand it any longer. And then I cried out, Stop! Stop! But the man said, Not yet. And finally, when I thought I was going to get burned up, the man took me out of the furnace. And then some short lady began to paint me, and the fumes were so bad that they made me sick to my stomach, and I cried again, Stop it! Right now, stop! But the lady said, Not yet. Finally, she did stop and gave me back to the man again, and he put me back into that awful furnace once more. And I cried out, Oh, no, stop, stop! But he only said, It's not time yet. Finally, he took me out and set me down and let me cool. And when I was cool, a very pretty lady put me on a shelf right next to a mirror. And when I looked into the mirror, I was amazed. I couldn't believe what I saw. I was no longer ugly and soggy and dirty. I was, I was now firm and clean and beautiful. And I cried for joy. Well, that's the fairy tale. And now the adult version. It concerns a young medical student who had been away from his fiancée for a month to take comprehensive exams in the, the university medical school. It was agony for him to be separated from her. He was sad. He was depressed. He was worried, of course, got to pass those exams. But most of all, he missed the nearness of his true love. He was on a bus traveling from Ithaca, New York, to New Haven, Connecticut, and the bus stopped at a Greyhound station, which any of you that have taken a bus trip before knows it's a pretty dreary place, very impersonal, kind of dirty, sometimes a little bit scary. Well, he sat down on an unraveling, revolving seat at a dirty counter, and the counter was kind of U-shaped, and so he found himself sitting across from an old woman. She saw him and said, Honey, you sure look depressed. To which he responded, Well, I guess I am. And before he knew it, a tear ran right down his cheek. 
The woman reached across the counter to pat his cheek with with a dirt-under-the-fingernail hand that had seen a lot of hard work in its day and instinctively kind of pulled back when he saw it coming toward him. She simply asked, What is it, honey? What's bothering you? And he told her about his fiancée and how much he loved her and how much he missed her. Then he pulled out his wallet and took out a picture of that young woman and showed it to the old lady. And the woman said, Oh, I've never seen such a beautiful young woman. And then she began to tell him that she had once been married to a traveling salesman who had since passed away. And she related how they used to weep, both of them, each time he had to leave, but how happy they were when he returned again. And she said, marriage is wonderful. You're going to have a perfect marriage, and everything's going to be beyond your wildest dreams. You'll be in love forever. And then she she suggested that he might feel a bit better if he had something to eat. So she ordered a donut from under one of those scratchy covers on the counter. And the woman took the donut and she broke it in half and gave it to him. And as she did, an announcement came over the loudspeaker and she said, Oh my goodness, my bus is here. And she disappeared. And only then his eyes were opened and he recognized Jesus in the breaking of the donut. The Emmaus story kind of lives on in that story too, I think. Wherever goodness is shared, tears dried, comfort given, charity done, the stranger Jesus has been experienced. The final version of Luke's story, I think, our final version, is a short one from a poet's point of view. And these are the words. They walked the highway defeated, alone. A stranger joined them and lifted the stone. He unfolded the scriptures, what prophets had said. They shared life together the cup, the bread. Then they knew him, the stranger, the man who was dead. He gave them the answer when love broke the bread. And I think this version really gives us an inkling of what we're doing here and why the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper or the sacrament of the altar is so central to the Lutheran worship experience. We're all on a journey. Our paths are uneven. Losses at times are heavy. We seem to be marching with no purpose while searching for some meaning for our lives and ultimately for our deaths. We need this communion to be reassured that Jesus has indeed not left us We need to recall that on the night before his death, he gave us something extraordinary. My body given for you, my blood 
shed for you. And so Luke left us these words, the ones we heard this morning, telling that in faith we will recognize Jesus, the stranger, disguised under the bread and the wine. And in the recognition, you and I will know that everything will ultimately be just fine. In short, the risen Christ, our very own Lord and Master, is here in a unique way when we come together in worship and especially when we eat the bread and drink the wine to remind us that our lives are not purposeless, that we do not travel alone, that someone, someone indeed cares very much about us and that one day we too shall shine bright and beautiful with the fullness of his love. And then we too will find ourselves walking in the footsteps of that fortunate couple of whatever gender so long ago. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.